Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Will with ScheduleFly, and I'm really excited to have Price Beal on the phone today. Uh, Price is he's actually on the way between Bluffton, South Carolina, and Hilton Head right now. He lives in Hilton Head. He's got four restaurants, two concepts. Truffles Cafe has two locations, and Chow Daddy's has two locations. And Price has been in the restaurant business for quite some time. In fact, uh, he opened truffles in 1983 so here we are the first location of truffles open in sea pines in 83 uh so what's that 35 years later and that thing is still trucking it's got a second location it's an extremely popular place well regarded if you've been around the area you've, you've heard of truffles and then a second concept chow daddies which first started in 2014 i think is that right price yes yeah okay cool man hey thank you for taking the time to join and uh just appreciate the opportunity to chat with you Sure. Thank you for the invitation. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, t- well, take me back a little bit. What, what, uh, what prompted you to start Truffles uh, back in '83? Well, my brother um, started Ruby Tuesday. He founded Ruby Tuesday Restaurants, and in '82, he sold um, went from a private company to a public company when um, Morrison's bought Ruby Tuesday. And at that point, I was just like, um, I didn't mind working that hard for family, um, but I didn't feel like working that hard for another company. Mm. And so um, my brother Sandy's wife, Chris, and I opened the first Truffles on Hilton Head. Gotcha. Gotcha. And tell me about Truffles. What was the, what was the, like when you first got it started, what was missing in Hilton Head and what were you all trying to do there? Well, um, Charles and Joe Fraser, the founders of Sea Pines, were opening a new shopping center. And uh, they'd met my brother um, socially, and so they wanted us to do a, a new kind of concept. And so um, at the time, there was uh, Vita France was doing franchise uh, bakeries. And so um, we went to New York and, and went to Zabar's and Balducci's. And um, Dino De Laurento had a, had a big, it was called the DDL Food Show. And it was sort of like what Eatsy's or... Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Eatsy's, but they had a bunch of locations. You could get prepared salads, roasted meats, um, you know, roasted vegetables, cheeses, all, all kinds of stuff. So we had refrigerated cases and a franchise bakery, and and we had a little retail area where we sold um, uh, like Silver Palette, which was a, a big item back then. And we had um, wine, so you could select your bottle of wine off the shelf, and then we'd chill it. And we probably had about probably had about 125 seats and probably about 6,000 square feet. And so we had a market, a grocery, a bakery, um, and and that was great. Um, But then we determined that that all the cheeses and meats were more therapeutic than profitable. (laughs) And and so so we eventually scaled um, back from a market cafe to a bakery cafe, and then as par baked breads became more and more available, um, we just became cafe. And we, we turned the retail food market into a retail gift market. And so that that evolution was over probably a you know, a ten year period. Okay. So, well I wanna get to um, you know, opening the second and then coming up with a new concept. But wh- thirty five years and truffles is still doing really well. Why how is that? What have you all, I mean, I know I read an article where you talked about consistency and great guest service, and I'm sure that's endured for 35 years, but that's a, 
a, a, just a really admirable thing to be able to have a concept that you changed oh, some you. at first, but for that long to be successful like that. What did you guys figure out there? Well, it's it's all about the the people that work with us, and um, you know we we're very selective in who we hire. Um, we've got a great operating partner that that's been with us about 15 years, um, Fernando Lozada, and his wife Heather um, runs our office. Um, and and you know the thing is like with um, we're like a family business and we treat our employees like family, but. I had the blessing of all that corporate structure from Ruby Tuesdays. So I had my systems and controls. Um, and with Ruby Tuesdays, I, I probably got to work as an employee under 30 different managers. So mm. I got to witness what management styles worked and which ones, you know, which managers motivated me to do great and which managers just turned me off and I could have cared less to do a thing for them. And so, um, you know, I just stored all that information and I, and I just tried to, we always try to treat people like we want to be treated ourselves. And, and I think that that just falls down into, you know, the respect we have for each other and, and their desire to be as passionate about what we do, you know, as, as we are. And, and it helps with the consistency and, and, um, you know, I think that the, without the, the great team, you know, we, and that is our biggest challenge finding those great people. Um, but we, we try not to deviate from that priority, and um, I think that they're, they are our success. Slow to hire? Yeah, we're slow to hire. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I, you kind of have to be if that's what you're – if you have those kinds of standards, I, I guess, because it's sometimes challenging to find people that may have that mentality. At least I hear uh, that more and more these it, days. It is because everyone um, – you know, so many people – so many restaurants, it seems um, – it's much easier for people to work there because the standards are different and, um, and that's fine. But, um, you know, and being on Hilton head, our job market, you know, as bluffed and Hilton heads, just the, I think it's the second largest barrier Island on the East coast, but it's not that big. And, um, the Bluffton market has just exploded. So before when, you know, all the jobs were on Hilton head, everybody came from Bluffton. Now everybody in Bluffton stays in Bluffton, so it's mm. it's really a tight job market over here. So um, yeah, we we have we take really great care of our people. What do you do though? Like if you're if you lose somebody unexpectedly, or you're short. Like how do you? Is there the temptation to just hire the first person you can to just kind of hold the fort down, or do you just have you just had the discipline to make sure that you wait and your team rallies well, together to fill the gap until you find the we, right people? We all just sort of pull together. You know, with yeah. four locations, it's we have. You know, everybody's pretty much cross-trained to go okay. one place or another, especially our cooks and, and our service team. So, you know, we just pull together and, and we, we reward our, um, you know, we do referrals to our team members for people they bring in um, because it's always fun to work with your friends. And so we encourage that. And, um, yeah, so we just, yeah, we sold out. Well, let me ask, it sounds like it was a great um, opportunity to kind of marry the experience you had in a corporate structure and in building something on your own do you um when you talked about management styles like what are some of the styles that you saw that really turned you off and do you still see that in the industry today or does the industry change a lot uh you know i think it's as as times change people change and priorities change and um the lessons your parents teach you change and and all that i think you know um i think leading by the 
by example mm. is the most important thing. The biggest turnoff for me was somebody go, hey, go do this, and they go stand and lean against the wall or something. As, as an employee, um, I just think as an employer to an employee, I want to say, hey, will you help me do this? And, you know, I'll get them started or whatever, but I'm not going to – if I'm busy, it's one thing, but I'm not going to ask somebody to do something and then stand there and watch them do it. I, that, that's just to me is the biggest, like, you know, turnoff. I don't know. Oh, that always drove me insane. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Leading by example is such a, it really is a big thing. You know, you mentioned something, uh, the lessons that parents teach change, uh, you know, from generation to generation. What Do you, uh, you've, and you, and with the years you've been doing this, I'm sure you've seen a lot of this is, are you seeing people that, uh, are there fewer people these days that just have the, the mentality of you know, do, show up when you're supposed to do what you say you're going to do, do it with a smile, um, you know, be willing to work hard for your team. I mean, is that becoming uh, less it's, common these days or what are the things that you're seeing? Like what are, what are people, what are parents teaching their kids these days? It's different maybe than, you know, a couple of decades well, I don't, ago. I don't know if it's, if it's what they're teaching them, but I think it's more of what, what they're not teaching, what they're not teaching um, them. Okay. You know, everybody's busy and it takes a lot of time to be a good parent. And, um, and, you know, I mean, we're in a different world, both parents work and, Mm. and so it's just, you know, things get lost. And I think what I see is, is where my generation was like, this is a great opportunity for me. What can I do, you know, to do more? Um, the generation now seems to be like, well, what's in it for me? And, you know, I, I don't know. That seems like a lot. That's not what I signed on for. Some we asked a waitress yeah. to host the other night, you know, we were short a host and she's like, well, that's not what I signed on for. And now I'm not going to do that. And I'm like, well, bye. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, that kind of, that kind of mentality of that, it's all about me. And, um, you know, it's like some, some children, they just don't want to work. You know, they, they, their idea of work is, is just a little different than, than what work really is and i think that's you know an age maturity thing but it seems to be more prevalent lately than and i think that's because parents give their children so much which Mm. is not i'm not saying that's a bad thing but i'm saying that it sort of kills the motivation for them to do more on their own you know so well yes that's right i hear you completely it's um uh, the uh, and these are all nice people. No, I, I no, I'm, no, I know absolutely. I mean, no judgment or criticism is just an observation. Yeah, for sure. No, I know it's that there was an opportunity for a young lady to to uh, go above and beyond and make herself extremely valuable, which is that gap that and maybe it's just age or yeah. you know, but but people. I have three kids, so I, and people have heard me on this podcast talk about this, but I really am trying to instill in them, like, that's what you do. You go above and beyond. You do the unexpected because you make yourself valuable, indispensable, and then that gives yourself, it opens up opportunities. Like, you've grown from truffles to, you've got now four locations. So, Fernando, you said, his wife, they've grown, I'm sure, within the organization over 15 years, and as you build a business, if you work for a Particularly, and I always think independent restaurants are such a great place to work because a good, successful independent restaurant owner that does it right, <clears throat> that leads by example, that's investing in the community, is going to keep growing that business. And there's going to be more and more opportunities over time that open up. And these opportunities go to the people that 
say, yeah, I'll hope. What do you need me to do? <laughs> right? Exactly. It's really not and, that hard. Like if you want to, if you want more for yourself, like you give a little more and you wind up getting a lot more. It's, it's the byproduct is you, you wind up making more money, having more success, having more, all that stuff, you know, is the, is the byproduct of just saying, yeah, how can I help? It, right. Anytime <laughs> we ask somebody to do something that's outside of their, their, um, job description or whatever, which the job description is whatever we need them to do. But well, you know, like in her situation, we said, well, you know, you want, it won't cost you any money. We'll pay, we'll make sure you make the same money you would have made as a server, you know? And we always do that when we, it's not like we want somebody, we expect somebody to lose money to do a favor for us. You know, yeah. we always take care of that. And her response was just so off that I was like, wow, you know, okay, well, same money, just a little different job. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah, so it's a challenge. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, um, okay, so so you've got a good formula going at Truffles, and then when did you when did you open your second location? We opened our second location um, in two thousand, and that was in Bluffton. The second Truffles. Okay, so it's been eighteen years since you opened the second Truffles. Yeah, we opened one. We opened. Um, we did a license agreement with Morrison's, and they opened a series of truffles under the brand name of, um, silver spoon. Okay. Um, cafe. And they had one and they had about, I think they had about 10 of them at one time. And then, um, the, their operating partner bought them from them. And I think they, um, just went away, but so that was, that kept us busy in between. And then we opened one in Savannah in like 2000, um, I think 2004, uh, truffles, and we ended up selling it to our general manager. I got married, and I didn't want to drive back and forth to Savannah, so we sold it to them, and and um, and then they things didn't work out for them um, personally, so that went away. <laughs> so, gotcha. <laughs> unfortunately, and you, you, and you mentioned you were driving back and forth today. Do you like? Do you still still spend a lot of your time uh, in the four locations? Oh yeah, I do. I, I spend more time in Chow Daddy's now um, than I do at Truffles, but uh, I still I still eat at least um, three meals a week in in one of the Truffles, if not four meals a week in the Truffles, just to go in and talk to everybody and and have dinner and you know just check out the food and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, but always going and talk to the teams and everything. Did you uh, do you find that to be challenging that as you've grown, you know? You're, I mean, with each location, you by default are able to spend probably a little less time in each. Has that been a challenge for you, or has it been something that you've you've just been able to have trust in folks like Fernando and Heather and your management team to? Yeah, I mean, we've got a great general manager at uh, C Pines. Paul's been with us for probably ten years. Janine's been with us. She's the general manager of Trolls in Bluffton, probably you know ten or twelve years. Um, so that's you know I. I I don't micromanage um, anyone. Mm. Um, they have their their budgets and their specs, and and they work hard to make that happen. And um, you know, so it's it's it's. I, I enjoy going in and talking to everybody, and uh, you know, so yeah, I still like to go in there. Yeah, and then so what what prompted um, in 2014? I mean, I know before that you were planning, but what what prompted you all to open Chow Daddy? So you saw another gap in the market. Well, Ruby's had um, had opened two truffles, um, one in Atlanta and at Linux Mall, and one in Orlando. 
and at um, Orange Park. And so they wanted to sell those to me. And I was just at the point where that would, I didn't feel like being in the car. And so um, I, I drove down to Point Clear and met with Sandy and we went over a bunch of numbers and everything. And, and we had purchased this building um, on Hilton Head that was basically sitting empty. And so we just um, start thinking of, well, let's do our, let's do something together. And so, um, so we, we started working on, on um, the concept and, and how we could fit it into the building that we owned. And, um, and yeah, child daddies just sort of came along. We, we had, um, we got his, his wife, Susanna and, and my wife, Karen and I sat down and, uh, or through emails anyway, we, we came up with everything we like to eat. And so we basically got our, our core menu and, um, and just started working on it. And it was, it was different than like normally, like with truffles, my Karen or, or, you know, we'll find recipes and we'll go, let's see if we can make this work in the restaurant or whatever. But with Chow Daddy's, we did the menu first and then had to go figure out the recipes and make everything. Uh. Out of the menu. So it was really fun. Actually, I, I love doing it, and so we we actually had like eighteen full menu revisions before we opened because we would get the menu, and then Sandy and um, Susanna would fly in, and we'd do a big food show. And if everybody liked what was there, then it stayed. And if we didn't like it, then it would you know get X off, and we'd come up with another item to replace it. And then we would you know go through the whole process again of can we produce it? Can we you know? Can we do volume with this item? Can, you know, that kind of thing. So it was it was time consuming and fun. Um, and then my sister Hope came up with the name Chow Daddies, and we just happened to check, and we you know we got the federal registration for it and everything, and and everything just sort of worked out. Do you you mentioned you bought the building? So do you own? I mean, what, what are your thoughts on owning versus leasing? Pros and cons, things like well, that. Well, I mean, if you've got a good lease and a good landlord. You know, it's certainly, it's certainly a, a, a not a bad thing. Um, these two buildings that that we bought, we bought, we own both Chow Daddy's buildings, and um, they just sort of um, came. You know, it just was the right thing at the right time. Yeah. Where you know, Truffles when we opened it, there weren't really that many places you could buy, and the Belfair location was just really great. A friend of a friend of ours developed. Um, Belfair Town Village and so he gave us a really prime spot and so those you know the two truffles worked out to be you know to lease um, what do you want to look for in a lease like what are the things that you've seen people get wrong in lease negotiations because I know that can eventually cause I mean a good business can go out of business sometimes if leases aren't negotiated well what are the things that you would recommend to people consider if they're in a situation where they can't buy well, I think, um, you know, lease rates and all that can, can fluctuate a lot, but in the, the total picture, whether you're paying $18 a foot or, or $20 a foot, if it's a great, great location, um, you can make it up. I, I think where people, um, the biggest mistake people make is not getting options, mm. um, you know, enough options on the end of the lease, like Seapine Center, the owners there are, are really amazing. I've got, I've got options probably till after I'm gone. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. <laughs> because that way, if you're doing great, then, then it's locked in. But you know, if, if you don't, then you could have a great business and then the landlord decides to put a, a, 
a grocery store in there or something, then then what do you do? Yeah. Okay, so options so, at the end of the lease are I really important. Options, yeah, and just watching out for the cam, you know, the the all the all the extra fees. Make sure you know what they are. But do you um do you think that that's an indicator a lot of times of like if you're trying to figure out the type of landlord you want and if you're not able to get options is that a is that a red flag? Well, I would think I would think long and hard before I I you know because I don't know, you know, I haven't opened a restaurant in a long time. And Child Daddy's is, is low overhead, so it was a, a very fast return. Yeah. Um, where with Truffles, it's a lot, um, you know, probably two and a half times, three times the equipment pack, you know, the, the upfit. Um, so the, it's a little slower process, but I wouldn't want to put um, three or four years into my business to the point where it starts making some great money and then you know, have three years left on my lease. I mean, what are you going to you know? Then the, if you're, if you're doing really great, then what negotiating power do you have other than leave? And why would you want to leave? Yep. Yep. So now you've mentioned, so you've had uh, like the folks in Savannah that, um, uh, were running the, the, um, truffles there and you've seen, I'm sure other examples of this, like what, what are some things that have caused people to, um, not be successful in the restaurant business well in in their case it was an unfortunate situation that they ended up getting a divorce and yeah. so um he was the restaurant person and, and her family had the money and they're mm. they're very nice um kind nice people and it was just a unfortunate situation and so it just didn't work out for them but i think um you know being undercapitalized is is a big problem um you know, if you if you start out and you don't start out with a bang, then you still have all your all your expenses. And, um, you know, I think a lot of businesses fail because they don't they don't have enough cash. How much cash? Like what's a good rule of thumb? If, if you could think of one. Oh, my gosh, I would. Like how many uh, months worth of. I would think you'd want at least six months. I yeah. mean, just to, you know, just to be safe, if not a year. Yeah. Um you know, it's, it's, it's just, it just depends if you open up and you're crazy busy, then no worries. Yeah. <laughs> but if you don't, you got, yeah, exactly. Do, do you, um, so that, which gets into, you know, sometimes folks, you may or may not need to get investors. Did you get investors or did you guys, were you self-funded, your, you and family funded it or? We were family funded. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah raising money can be a challenging thing too. Um, uh, I think for a lot of people to find the right types of investors and so forth. I'm always curious about that. Yeah. Uh, I, I luckily I haven't had, had to do that. We've got a great bank here, a great local bank, um, and they take really good care of us. And so, um, yeah, it's, everything's been good. What about, so, okay. Since, especially since you've had experience in a corporate structure, tell me the things about, um, being independently owned and operated that you really like. Well, of course, not having the the bureaucracy of the the corporate world, and um, you know, having it always it always bothered me when um, people pretend like they're I don't know. It's it's just different. I mean, you know, we decide to do something, we just do it. We don't have to have a study group. We don't have to you know run it by a committee. We don't have to do anything. We we went from a a Monday, Sunday week to a Wednesday, Tuesday week, 
in two days. We just went in and changed everything. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, so everything we do, we just do it. It's, it's just nice to not have to explain anything or, you know, we think it through and we talk about it, but we don't study it to death and, and just, um, you know, I, I don't miss the corporate side of it at all. Do you, um, you learned a lot, I know, about the consistency through the corporate side. And so we talked a little bit about the people. What about the food consistency? Is that how do you make sure that your your team is, is always consistent across four locations with, you know, what the customer's getting when they're when they're served their meal? Well, we tried we tried to always remember what we can execute and what we cannot. Mm-hmm. And we take that in mind with everything we do is how hard this is to to produce this consistently. And, you know, we just have our building charts and we use um, Micros um, KDS. We were we were one of the um, first people in, in this area anyway that had um, where you can go to any kitchen display system in the kitchen and you can tap the item and the building chart will immediately come up in four color. So if you have a question about it, um, mm. you know, you just highlight the item, hit display media and everything comes up on the screen. And then you just X out of it and make the item, or you can use it as a training tool. All the you can pull up any recipe from any training from any station. So if you want to do some of your prep items on the line when it's slow, but you got a couple of tickets, you can pull the recipes up there and work on it there. Or, um, you know, I think I think that tool helps us stay consistent. Um, that helps, and just training and and units of measure, and you know, just eye for detail yep eye for detail i hear you um what other technologies and i'm not asking you to talk about schedule fly because I, I that's I, that's not the purpose i'm outside of schedule fly as a technology what are some of the other you mentioned micros what else are you guys using or what what things are you excited about with restaurant technology going forward well we just switched everything over to um we just switched all of our office into um to a third party so we've gotten rid of our office completely Oh, wow. Um, it's a company out in Colorado, and it's called um, Okra, I think. Okay. Um, anyway, so everything's online. We scan our invoices out there, and um, oh, wow. we've gotten rid of all of our filing, all of our payroll. Um, nice. Yeah, we all of our vendor checks, like for liquor, beer, and wine, are now through a, another company, which I forget the name of. But So we don't have to write checks for any, any deliveries uh, for liquor, beer, and wine, which South Carolina, you can't do terms. Hmm. Um, so, which is nice. So I don't know. We tried to look at everything this year and just make it simpler. Like what can we, what can somebody do better than we can do that yeah. gets us out of the office and in the restaurants and that kind of thing. And schedule fly, you know, that you mentioned, I, I just have to tell you that I guess we switched over to y'all and I don't even know when a long, long time ago, but it's, it's amazing to me that I can send out one message to the, to the whole team. And, and I like it too, because when I go into restaurants, you know, I don't always know everybody's name. So oh, as yeah. I'm going in the door, I can pull up the, you know, the grid for the day yeah. and see who all's working. By the time I get in there, I know who's who. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Which is nice. Yeah, for sure. For sure. The crib nice. sheet. Yeah. Every day. Well, that's awesome. Okay. Good. Good. That's really but, cool. Um, about the, uh, yeah, I mean, getting rid of the office stuff is, is I mean, that's, it's huge. Yeah. That's a big deal. That yeah, creates lots of lots more time for creativity and focus on other things that are you know that are just yeah. more important. Uh, 
not more important, but uh, that more can, profitable. More profitable. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> All that stuff's important, but yeah, uh, I can't. I can't build relationships with guests or team members if I'm sitting in the office looking over the books. And I, I you know, we'll still have to still have to look at that, but it'll be much less. Um, you know, we we've cut about eighty percent of our office out. That's awesome. So. Speaking of building relationships, and I know you do a lot of that. Is that something that's? I mean, are your does your team do, do they do a really good job of building relationships that you've got? Because you're in kind of a I don't know much about Bluffton Hilton Head. Certainly a you know a lot of folks vacation there, so you probably have a lot of new faces all the time. But in terms of generating repeat business and relationships with your existing customers in both markets, is that something your team focuses a lot on? Just a lot on we, for consistency. We talk about it every day. Yeah. What can we do differently to help us be our guest's first choice every time they go out? Yeah. You know, are we opening the door for them when they leave and thanking them? Are we opening the door when they come in and welcoming them? You know, yeah. are we talking to them? What are we talking to them about? Um, yeah. yeah, it's 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 key. It's crucial. Um, I actually am curious about this. This is something we bat around every now and then here. But do you think that, um, like, would it be useful for you guys to – or for your customers to know who on your team is working or when they're working. So if they have a favorite server or a bartender, they know that, hey, John's working Friday night. I'm going to go in then because he pours a good drink or whatever. Or And then it gets into privacy stuff. I'm just curious, though, like, like is, there, is there value in your customers knowing when certain members of the team are working so that they can continue to foster that relationship? You know, I we're always real careful with our, our – um, with privacy of the people that work with us Um, and we don't give out their schedules to anybody or we don't um, communicate that because we never really know who's calling. Yeah. Um, So I would be reluctant. You know, I think it's fine if the, if the server bartender wants to say, Hey, I'm working, you know, this is my schedule this week. Come on in. But um, that's not something I'd feel comfortable with. Just if someone called asking when someone's working to let them know. Yeah. 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 We We always say, we'll just take a message. Well, I was just curious about that. The, one of the things that prompted this is we had a somebody that um, is a new user, and I think it was like out in, I don't know, somewhere on the West Coast a couple months ago, mm-hmm. said, how come I can't uh, send my schedule to, you know, all of my, my regular customers? I want them to know when I'm working. I thought, well, I don't know. I don't know why you can't. We, it's not something we do, <laughs> but I just thought that was, it was an interesting, well, prompted a lot of interesting conversations. Now, now that initiated by the employee by the team member yeah you know i would that's their choice and i think that you know that is actually a a really great idea um you know but again that would need that would need to be initiated on their end i i don't wouldn't want to take responsibility for that yeah i wonder if they do that like do any of them grab like do any of them get their customers emails or whatever and say hey i'll let you know when i'm working do you do you know that you know, that's a really good question. I, I don't have any idea. I know a lot of them know them all by name. Yeah. Um, so they have a lot of a lot of regulars. And, um, yeah, but I'll, I'll send out a fly note and ask. Yeah, so ask them. <laughs> well, you know, because it, it seems like there's, you know, I would, the I thought about it and I thought, golly, if I were serving and I had, or I were tending bar and I had a group of regulars, I would, I would absolutely want them to know when I'm working. I'd want them to know. What's happening at the restaurant? What specials we have tonight? Yeah. When I'm working, no, I, I want them there then, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, I, I agree. I, that's valid. That's a great idea because we, 
we always tell them, you know, as, whether you're a server or bartender, you're basically a salesman and this is your territory. There so, you go. Yes, that's you know, right. Do what you need to do to build your sales and we'll support you 100%. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, so. Okay. Yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a nice feature. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, there we go. A schedule fly feature, maybe launching over a podcast. But we, we've, <laughs> we've certainly talked about it. It's all this stuff, though. It's like privacy issues and then who, who stores the database of emails yeah. and who owns yeah, da, 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 all that stuff. But anyway, those are just those are details you can get. I was just curious. So I, I Simpl- just, simpler times, it would have been a no-brainer. Yeah. But now right. everything's complicated. Now everything's complicated. That's exactly right. Yeah. you got to get an attorney involved and I'll, you know, <laughs> update our terms. But okay, well, that's interesting, man. Um, Price, anything? Oh, one other thing I did want to ask you about, because I really admire this, is that I know that you and your wife, Karen, have worked together all these years and, uh, you, you know, you have different roles in the business, but um, that's a, that's a really cool thing that, that you guys have been able to do that. And, uh, yeah, we met, we met, she was a server one summer and came down with friends and, and my brother-in-law, um, his brother was managing for us for the summer and, uh, he hired her and, um, we just started going out and, and Heather and Fernando met at, at Truffles as well. Um, nice. we've, we've met, we've made a lot of, um, I used <laughs> to tell people at, um, orientations when, um, to look around because the person you're sitting next to you might end up marrying. Ah, <laughs> yes. So be nice. To, uh, say be nice to everybody. Absolutely. That's hilarious. That's hilarious, man. <laughs> well, yeah, I really appreciate the time price and uh, really yeah, enjoyed. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's just great conversation. Enjoy talking to you. Learned a lot and um, just, gosh, man, appreciate the business and t- tell So where do folks, like if folks, I mean, if folks are coming to the Hilton Head area, where do they need to stay? So they're near Truffle so they can come see y'all or Chow Daddy's. Well, tr- well, Truffles on Hilton Head is located in Sea Pines in Plantation, Pines. which is, you know, like the the nicest, I think, the nicest resort on the island. Yeah. Um, and um, and then Chow Daddy's is, is uh, the Senesta is uh, in Shipyard, which is a great hotel they've just redone. And Chow Daddy's is very close to that. And then um, Bluffton, I guess, Pamela Bluff would be the best place to stay there. Um, but, um, yeah, if you get down here... Definitely give me a call. We'll take care of you. Oh man, I definitely will. I definitely. In fact, we uh we we haven't been to Hilton. It's been probably about eight or ten years since we've been to Hilton Head, so we need to get back that way. So we'll make it happen. I'll definitely let you know. Oh, uh, please do. Sure. Well, Price, thank you very much. I'll let you go back uh, to your day, but uh, tell your team thanks as well, and um, and your bride, and appreciate the time, <laughs> and we'll we'll catch up soon. All right, thanks. We'll appreciate it. All right, man. Take care. All right, bye. Bye.